Hello and welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast in association with Betfred. Betfred opened the first shop in Salford in 1967 and currently sponsor the United We Stand podcast. We're at Old Trafford and today sees a rare 3pm kickoff as United take on Crystal Palace. It's taken until February um, to play at Old Trafford um, in what used to be the standard kickoff time across all leagues. Um, we're heading to in, into our second game this month and plenty more to come in which will be a really daunting month and two ties against Barcelona, two against Leeds um, I think Leicester are in there somewhere um, so yeah it's going to be a really tough month in which United you'll expect will need their full squad. Um, I'm going to walk to Salford Keys now to have a chat with Crystal Palace fan Ben Long um, plenty I want to ask him about including Palace, Selhurst, Cantona and the Holmesdale Fanatics, amongst other things. So I'll see you then. I've got Ben Long from the FYP fanzine, um, Crystal Palace fan. Um, ben, um, tell us about your love for Palace. When did it start? Uh, so, oh, it's 30 odd years now, mate. I think it was 1988. I sort of, my family were living in Northern Ireland, and my granddad was working in Croydon and said, when we move back there, that's your team. Crystal Palace so sort of moved back to Croydon and yeah from that moment started following obviously just in time for the Palace Man United Cup final in 1990 and all the semis and everything like yeah, that and the semi-finals yeah, yeah. and all the, yeah, all the trials and tribulations between the two clubs so yeah how have you got here today uh, so drove up today mate drove up nice journey up mate probably the best journey I've ever had up this way to be honest yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no, no traffic at all which was mad Good stuff. Um, we'll get on to Palace then, so start with your manager. Yeah. Um, last season I, w- I caught quite a lot of you actually, um, encouraging team style performances. Um, seems to have stalled a bit, is there any reason or, and is the support still there for the manager? Oh, per- you'd always get a few grumblings yeah, at yeah, any yeah. club when things ain't going as well that people sort of start questioning the manager a little bit, but I'm still fully behind him. I was from the start. There was a lot of people surprised by when he got the job and was he the right man for the job. I thought it was a perfect fit, young manager, the sort of club we are. I think I think it's still a perfect fit. I think what he's been unfortunate with, the, so he had a great first window. Like we were, the club really backed him and we got some good players in. Last three windows, not really. There's not the back end hasn't been there. Whether it's to do with the building a new stand or there's stuff going on behind the scenes with our split ownership that we've got maybe they're not all singing off the same hymn sheet there's, there's loads of rumours mate but fully everyone's still behind Patrick I, I believe anyway so. real, real. Um, so what players have impressed you this season and obviously Gallagher seems to have been a bit of a miss doesn't he going back to Chelsea yeah Conor Gallagher was always going to be a massive miss um, he was player of the year last year every transfer window since so the summer all the way up to deadline day there was rumours he could come back there was rumours the other day he was still coming back on deadline day so we're always going to miss a player of, of that not necessarily quality. I, I thought he was quality for us. Still don't think he's Chelsea quality or a top club quality. Um, since you can see him back in the summer. This season, our best player's probably been Czech Decore, we spent big money on in the summer. Um, and then defensively, we've got really good centre-half, so they've probably been the, the shining lights of the season, really. Yeah, um, you just touched on the new stand then, so Selhurst Park, um, one of the old um, s- traditional grounds left in the league. Yeah. Um, bastard to get to on the coach, by the way. Yeah, yeah um, on a coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but tell us your thoughts on it and um, what, I- what is happening with the stand. So, Selhurst Park, everyone always slates it down and calls it a shithole, but it's our shithole and we love it and it's got character and that's why we maintain our, our atmosphere there and that's one of the big things about what people say about our club and the great atmosphere and stuff um, even Gary Neville always, always says it when he does our comms and our games um, yeah I mean I never thought I'd see the day where anything gets done there because I've heard 
different chairman over the years say we're going to do this we're going to do that um, but Steve Parrish is the guy who will probably get it done and they're looking at hopefully breaking ground at the end of this year so there's a few more hoops they've got to jump through but quite a, you've obviously been to Sellers Park you see yeah, yes. built, up, built up area so to get any sort of permission to build around there is, is quite hard but he seems to be uh, he seems to have managed to get around most of the sort of red tape so. is it the main stand the main stand yeah, yeah. I mean that's that was there when they moved in in 1924 so you're coming 100 years that, that, oh, yeah. that stand yeah. is so real um, so many clubs around Palace obviously um, tell us what your biggest rivalries are because you've got a few to pick from yeah I mean growing up um, for me the rivals were Millwall and Charlton because we played them the most and it, it, they are South London rivals um, Brighton is historically the big one and I, I knew all the history and I, I read up on it and I could see why there was um, the hatred there going back to the 70s with Venables and Mullery. Um, we obviously didn't play them until 2001. That was my first experience of it and it was it was quite tasty. But we won 5-0. And then obviously since they've been back in the Prem, it's ignited it a little bit more. People look at it and go, they're quite far away from each other. Um, why are they rival? Or why is yeah. it uh, not rivals they use? They say uh, derby, but it's not a derby. It's a rivalry and it goes back to the 70s and people that know the history know why it is. And it's, I mean, I don't... I don't Clark, they're probably in, just in the top five of my people teams that I hate, but yeah, yeah for me it was always Millwall and Charlton, mate. Yeah, definitely. So um, tell us a bit about the, obviously Palace um, got a good atmosphere, known to be one of the best in the league. Um, tell us a bit about the Holmesdale Fanatics, what they bring to Palace. The main thing they bring is the atmosphere, and that is something that I think is, is brilliant about them. I mean, they've been going, what, 2005, so they're coming up 20 years now since they started the little movement. Yeah. Group of lads just wanted to get the atmosphere going. I mean, we were obviously in the championship in days, um, and it's just grown from there. A lot of, lot of people turn their noses up, slate them off, say they're a bit of a joke and that, but they they, they are the reason that the atmosphere is good at Sellers. They're, they're the ones who get things going, and they, all the displays that you see at Sellers Park, none of the club don't put no money into that. That's not this all them guys, they spend their own time, they, they get rounds, they do. Um, the other fans sort of donate to it but they spend loads of hours like making all that stuff theirself like it's nothing to do with the club and like they're like they're the good things that they, they bring um, obviously people like I say they'll, they'll say they're, they're embarrassing but there's a lot of ethical messages that come out of it there, as well yeah. I noticed and you know it, what's the demographic like is it all very local um, to sell us yeah. yeah they're all local they're all local um, but like I say the demographic of the group they, it's all different races in there they got links with, uh, I think it's a Greek, Greek or a Cypriot club. Yeah. So it's very much Crystal Palace. I mean, Crystal Palace, Croydon, South London is is very much multicultural. You know, yeah. so they embrace that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've noticed it as well, and I think um, I think it's a good thing because it gives Palace a, a unique character as well, which I've noticed. Um, I, I have really liked that. Yeah. yeah. Um, just some links between the two clubs in previous years. Then um, Wilfred Zahar obviously yeah. um, came here, didn't really have a chance in yeah. my view. Mm -hmm. um, and Aaron Wambasaka, what's your thoughts on those two? So Wilf is going to go down as the greatest all-time Crystal Palace player, in my opinion. I caught a little bit of Ian Wright at Crystal Palace, but Wilf for the amount of time he's been at a club and yeah. the things I've seen him do and the moments he's given me personally like he he is Mr Crystal Palace so if he does move in the summer which is looking likely it's going to be a sad day when he left to join United yeah. I wasn't surprised um, and I honestly, I honestly feel and I get lambasted and, and laughed at for this if Fergie had stayed he would have gone on to be maybe not 
Ronaldo's level, but he would have been up there, mate, as a no world-class player. United, he had everything. Yeah, United were a bad club when he arrived, you know, in terms of how he was around. Bad time. Everything, and he really didn't have a chance. Um, I mean, Dave, David yeah. Moyes, in my opinion, doesn't know how to manage young players. I mean, he tried getting rid of Ross Barkley when he was the Everton manager, and Ross Barkley, obviously, eventually, his attitude stunk yeah. and it shone through, but he couldn't manage him. He was no way he was going to manage a, a, a homesick Wilfred Zaha. And yeah, I mean, it was all to our benefit, really, because we managed to get him back and he's, he's given us great service. So. Definitely. What about Wamba Saka? Because he's um, a bit of a split um, amongst United fans with Aaron, um, with you know regards to his um, defensive ability, is unquestionable, but yeah. you know with regards to on the ball, and um, there, there was a hope that over the last four years he would progress. We've seen a bit of form recently, yeah. um, but do you think he's got, got enough to be a United player? I do now. Now he's got a coach who yeah. will coach him. Yeah. Um, ultimately, when he come through at Crystal Palace, it was a pure fluke. He got thrown in into training, and he seemed to be the only person who could drop uh, stop Wilf. Yeah. Um, so Hodgson obviously threw him in. I think his first four games were Tottenham, Chelsea, United, and maybe Arsenal. Yeah. And he absolutely shone through in them four games, and then didn't look back. When we got offered fifty million pound, we could not turn it down for a right back. I was just worried that if he goes to United. He's gonna see more of the ball. He's not gonna be a defensive fullback anymore. And will he be able to cope with that? And will the fans get on his back? Which some of them have, but now you see he's getting coached. You see he's getting better. So spot on there. Yeah. yeah, excellent to point that out because you know I'm I'm of that opinion. I think he didn't travel. He didn't um, improve in the in the two years he's been here. But that's down to the coach, and you yeah. can already see yeah. he's hit a bit of farm under Ten Hag. So that's that's definitely good observation. Um, I have to mention the issues that have bubbled since um, the Cantona incident and um, the FA Cup semi-finals. Um, what have you got any memories of them? Was you a match goer at the time? Yeah. So I yeah. was obviously so I'd have been 14 at the time when that that year when it happens. Um, I mean, the, the, the crazy thing about it all is the guy that was gobbing off to Canada isn't even a Crystal Palace fan. The geezer was a Fulham fan. Yeah. He obviously lived local and went to watch Palace games. Um, Simmons or something. He, uh, geezer, Simmons, yeah, yeah, Matthew Simmons. Absolute yeah. knobhead, basically. Yeah. And it, what, what it, and people don't seem to understand. Like it, They go, oh, Cantona, Cantona. But it wasn't Cantona, but that then sparked what happened before that first semi-final. Yeah. When a busload of Palace fans travelling to the game obviously stopped off at Walsall and because there was I mean that sort Cancing of de- masks and stuff well, they, it, yeah, it derailed the season for a little bit for United well, winning the league that year because he was such an icon to the club and so United were like oh it's Palace's fault sort of thing and that sort of sparked that and then it ended up uh, Paul Nixon obviously lost his life which is no one should ever go to a football game and not come home and, no, and yeah and then from that moment it's just there's always been an underlying hatred there and they sing Cantona songs to us and we sing Whatever they sing back, back yeah, to him, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it all—it all stems from that. But it, it turns out the geezer wasn't even a Palace fan. That sort of kicked it all off. And but that was Eric Cantona. He was that sort of fire character, and it's just a shame that it's sort of celebrated a little bit sometimes when only us Palace fans know what it means really, what happened because of that. And like, everyone's going, "Oh, it was brilliant that Cantona jumped in the crowd," and like, other fans of other clubs, not necessarily United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a shame, and it doesn't really get talked about enough. Obviously, that someone died. And, yeah, absolutely. That's, and that's why we get a little bit upset about it. Yeah, um, best Palace United moments, um, you, mu- you must have seen a few over, over the years. Oh, I didn't, well, yeah. growing up I didn't see many, mate. I mean, I got heartache, like I said, in the 1990 Cup final. We were seven minutes away from winning, winning that first game, obviously. Went, then yeah, went to a yeah. replay, which was a little washout. Uh, the first semi-final was a great game as well, to all, and then obviously... We were lucky in that as well, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Dennis Owen pulled that free kick out of the bag and... 
I mean, Nigel Martin broke his, I think he broke his fingers in that game, so he couldn't play in the in the replay. And they had Reece Wilmot, who was some 40-year-old goalkeeper playing. But the atmosphere for that, the replay wasn't great because of what happened on the, on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the first game. Yeah, I remember that. I think it was Villa Park, weren't it, the replay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both games at Villa Park. Because um, I remember, I think United wore blue and white kit for the first game. I mean, Dow, he and Chris Armstrong might have scored, and maybe Dowie, or Dowie was playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my, my favourite moment was a couple of years ago when we actually finally managed to win up here. Was that Van Arnold in the last minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two one. Yeah, because yeah, I think I think yeah. he went past Wan Bissaka as well to score. Yeah, I think we just equalised as well, haven't we? So we yeah. were pushing for a win. That's right. Dan James equalised. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. was celebrating an equaliser. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> maybe you get the ball and get it back, mate. Don't you? But, I yeah. remember that because he got a lot of grief for that because everyone's saying you've just equalised against Crystal Palace. Yeah, why, yeah. why are you not getting the ball and getting it back to the centre spot? I think he did some daft. Um, like arm like folding or something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. look at Stupid. me sort of thing yeah yeah they, they know they don't really know do they when they come from clubs like that nah. for a bit um yeah so lastly just a score prediction please yeah uh to be honest mate you're not a bang on form um we i was pleasantly surprised with our performance a couple of weeks ago at sellers we played quite well yeah you did um and i would have been gutted walking away thinking we played well but lost but we nicked one at the end um if we get anything from today i mean i just want to see us play well if i'm honest um, I'm not expecting to come to Old Trafford and win, or but if we can nick a draw or just like I say a good performance, then we can sort of build on that because we got Brighton next week. So yeah, just tell us a bit about your podcast. Um, I mean, is it did it used to be a fanzine? Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. FYP fanzine was started up by Jim Daly and a couple of a couple of his pals basically, and it sort of grew from there. And then they started doing podcasts. I think they're on 300 odd podcasts now, so it's like a weekly podcast um, or bi-weekly if you, if you do the, subscribe to the Patreon yeah. and they do like an after-match thing, um, they usually go to most of the games. Um, Adam sells, sells goalkeeping gloves, he's sort of behind it a lot, yes. um, but yeah, like I say, uh, Jim Daly's the main guy behind it all and there's a weekly podcast on there for Crystal Palace fans um, who, who haven't sort of listened before, so on all the, um, all the podcast apps you can get on and um, yeah, give it a listen. Cheers, thanks a lot for that mate, for taking awesome, time mate. out. No Thank problem, you. Mate. It's post-match after Manchester United have beaten Crystal Palace by two goals to one. A lot more edgy at the end, as it possibly should have done. With me, I've got John Ashton, James Young and Stuart Edwards. Um, I'll come to John first. What, what did you think of the game, John? I mean, did look comfortable um, going, you know, as the hour ticked over, but we ended up holding, holding on a bit there, didn't we? Yeah, the, the only positive I can take from that last 20 minutes is that it's given us a bit of podcast material, because for the first hour, you're thinking... It's a little bit Groundhog Day, but in a, in a like it was last year, but in a good way. You know that the game <laughs> yeah. was a procession. We were miles better than them. We were comfortably on top. Didn't perhaps create enough up top. Still looked a little bit shy up top, um, but we're well in control. And then obviously for some stupid reason, Casemiro decides to make things interesting. Um, and then the, the most frustrating thing, and perhaps is a little bit of a reality check of where we are as a team, is that if you're 2-0 up at home to Crystal Palace, losing a man shouldn't really affect you in the same way it did do. And we really did crumble, you know. You just keep the ball, keep the ball off them. You know, City would have kept the ball there. You know, they were, they were crap Palace, you know. Um, but we invited pressure on, conceded a goal out of nowhere. They defended quite well in the end, but I just thought it was all very, very unnecessary and edgy for where we are in the league. It's not like we, you know, we, we're battling for three points to win the league. It's, you know, it's just yeah, it was it was a bit frustrating, but yeah, game of uh, game of well, three quarters and then a quarter, wasn't it? James. Um Sounds like John's getting sick of winning. Miserable <laughs> bastard, isn't he? What did you think? Yeah, no, like like you're saying, first half, really solid performance, comfortable type of thing like that used to happen a lot under Ferguson where United you know, would just beat teams like Palace and it, you, you knew what was gonna happen before the, the game even kicked off. To it, it was just yeah. like it was just like one of those sort of games where 
I remember that that um, beating Man United had at home under Ferguson, and it was just like every game was like that pretty much against teams like Palace. And it was great because you knew they were going to win, and I thought the same was going to be like that today. Especially when United went two 0 up, you're thinking, well, this could be four or five easily because Palace weren't really doing anything at all. And then Casemiro needlessly gets himself sent off, and for, for no real reason, to be honest, he didn't have to get involved that much. And now he's, he's out for three games, and he's going to miss both of the Leeds games and uh, obviously they got a goal and nearly got back into it and probably could have got a draw if they had better finishers up front to be honest yeah, I'll come back to the Casemiro thing shortly Stuart uh, obviously started off very well got the penalty <coughs> and in cruise control weren't we we must have had 90% possession up until like the 30th minute we were cruising in fourth you know, fourth gear and all of a sudden I'm not quite sure what happened a bit like that fucking clutch I can hear now um, not quite sure what happened we just dropped into second gear and inviting them on almost the last 10-15 minutes of the first half was just a bit strange it killed the atmosphere uh, so going into the half, half time it was like you know are we going to come out you know we, we needed half time at, at that point and then as we you know as we've just mentioned again second half we've got a, a, a brilliant brilliant second goal the five or six passes which made that goal was absolutely fantastic. Uh, topped off with a great finish, and then, and then all hell broke, broke loose from something that happened with Anthony. You know, the fire starter jumped up, and then next minute, you know, it's all kicking off. Yeah, just um, you mentioned atmosphere, then I was quite impressed with it today. I was sat near where you normally sit. I was not in my normal seat today. Um, I mean, the, the team were sort of like um, really buoyed by the fans for that last 15 minutes weren't they yeah because uh, they split the TRA I think haven't they there was a section underneath um, like the police box next to the away fans today so considering you know it's probably about I don't know maybe 5, five to 800 down yeah, the there the police box is it I'm not sure I'm not in there again Absolutely, yeah. The police camera box, top corner of self stand. So maybe that's why they've been put there. But um, yeah, it was split, but the atmosphere was decent, especially you know. Well, it was quite good today. Yeah, yeah, and especially in that last twenty minutes, you know, we need talk about the twelfth man, or today it was eleventh man because we needed that to to drag us over the line. So yeah, impressive today, crowd wise. Yeah. James, where did you sit? Uh, I was in the safe standing bit. In is it J stand? J stand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you think the same? Yeah. Yeah, it was decent, especially as well seven minutes of added time I, I was just thinking right Palace are going to just nick an equaliser here but they didn't and the atmosphere was really good obviously everyone's everyone stood up there and it's it's, it's good um, the only strange thing I've got with that is it's like it's obviously really good that United have a, a designated safe standing bit but it's a bit different to obviously TRA and other parts of the ground like that because it's not quite as, as organised but there's always still a, a good atmosphere there I think that um, I think the, the way the crowd got behind them late on there shows how far the team has come though in the sense yeah. that you know the crowd just gone yeah come on lads you know what I mean it's, this is not like we're worried that we are going to equalise this is down to you just to have a bit of a mentality shift you know you're, you're better than these you know sort it out um, so yeah I think the crowd were more in, in the past I think it would have been edgier but because you're thinking it's Crystal Palace at home we've got a good team just, just you know don't panic I was thinking um, I stayed behind to you know clap the team off today because I weren't selling and I noticed that the ground is pretty much full when that's happening as well at the moment so that shows um, that the connection between the team and the fans you know, it's absolutely chalk and cheese compared to this time last season. Well, you say that, but I got—I I nearly got crushed walking back to my selling spot the other night when we were five 0 up against Notts Valley. But no, I know what you mean. But being two-one obviously does help because the, you know the, yeah. the crowd did want to stay and obviously make sure they got over the line and got the free got the three points. Yeah, it's yeah. so like you said, Saturday three o'clock. Um, but yeah, no, there is a, there is a definitely um, you, you have got a good point there. It is getting to that point where because we obviously know with sellers how quickly grounds empty. Um, and it's not emptying as quick as it has done in the past. Um, no, we'll come on to the VAR then for the penalty. Um, I mean, I haven't seen it back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 100% penalty. The, the thing that annoyed me about that is, I mean, I'm at the opposite side of the ground. I can see how high his, heart, his arm is, 
I can see it hitting his arm, yeah. so why ain't the referee just giving it? I think the thing that they, yeah. they were looking at first, I don't know whether there's another daft rule there, if it hits your body first and then hits your arm, it's not a penalty. So I think that's what they were checking. And it did look like it had come close to his chest, but it didn't. It, it did hit his arm. There was no real complaints. It was definitely a penalty. Like I said, it did take a bit of a while. I think I think we scored in about the eighth minute or something. I think the penalty was in, in the third minute. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a penalty, no doubt about it. James, you'd have been close to that. I mean, the, the thing that frustrates me over the last few weeks with VAR is, is that I think that VAR shouldn't be needed in most cases because, like the McTominay penalty at Selhurst, um, I've seen a few in the Premier League where the referee's in a great position, seeing someone tripped up and not blowing his whistle. So then thresholds start coming into it. You know, do you share the frustration that, you know, why are they not just blowing the whistle to start with? Yeah, I mean, I'm bored of talking about it, to yeah. be honest. I think the, the process in the ground. It's fun for people that watch it on telly because they can see the, the camera angles and everything. We just get, and it was the same with the red card as well. The, you don't the, know the, 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 exactly, the lads that I was sat with thought that it was a Palace player that was going to get sent off or Fred, or you, you just don't know because obviously there's no big screen at Old Trafford. So you just get some weird robot voice saying, VAR, check, in pro, and that's it. That's all you get. If there yeah. was a scoreboard, like say Wembley yeah. size, would it say who the, no, the uh, who it's, who it's, it, who it's yeah. would it say which player is, you know, been cited? I don't know. Well, in fairness, in I don't fairness think when, so. when it first went to VAR, because there was that much of a rucker, I don't think they actually knew who it was they were looking at, because there was all oh, little individual battles everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Casemiro one, it's soft as shite, but everyone knows the rules. You yeah. literally cannot get away with it. There is VAR there. You can't do what he was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw him before. I remember the days when, you know, when Duncan Ferguson had, uh, had frying. Frying, yeah. And yeah. he had veins coming out of his head. You could see that all the bloodshot <laughs> eyes in frying. He's like, right. Just shake hands, lads. You know, it, it was never. Ever, <laughs> you know, it was, but what, what I find more frustrating is that that lad is the whitest lad in the, in the history of the world, and he still won't even have any marks on his neck. Christian Eriksen's out for four months yeah. for a stupid tackle that wasn't even booked. Yeah. You know, where, where do you tell that? What's violent conduct and what's? Mm. You know, you're, you're talking about ruining someone's season or a moment of. Yeah. You know, it's nothing. Yeah. Look like a brutal. Like tickle to the chin. Well, to the, me. On, the only the rules there, isn't it? You raise your arms, and, and you might as well you might as well smash someone in the face. You yeah. might as well punch somebody. It's the same as. And you know, if you look at the incident that led up to that as well, I mean, the the fullback has clattered into Anthony, yeah, put him down a hill into the advertisement boards. That could actually cause more damage than anything. Well, Casemiro I, th I think why it really kicked off because yeah. the, the the challenge itself was nothing in particular. But as he then fell down the thing, the guy went over to stand up, over as if to say, sort of have a bit of that. Yeah, so yeah, Casemiro yeah. came in. Give him a shove that was on his chest, probably yeah. far worse than grabbing someone by the neck, but that's allowed. Yeah. And then the, the the worst thing about it all was it kind of died down, and the guy who he had his hands round wasn't really a, much of an aggressor. You know, he was just yeah. it was stupid, absolutely stupid. Bit daft. It, it, that means then that he misses Leeds, Leeds and Leicester. Um, but either side of Leicester, we've got Barcelona, which means they'll be fresh. fresh that, yeah. You know, I know, you know, he's, he's really important to our team, no doubt about it, but. Is, is there a, like a, a feeling there that you know we'll have a better chance against Barcelona because of this? Because you know he, he's played a lot of games now, hasn't he? It's um, it's a yeah, I mean it's a, it's a roundabout way of looking at things. And if you are looking for um, you know if if you're looking for an extra bit of bonus from it, then y you are right. Um, if, if Casemiro is going to need a rest at some point, he does play pretty much every game, and 
one of the most demanding positions. Um, but yeah, it's just frustrating. It wasn't needed. You know, if the manager thought he needed a rest, he would have rested him. Um, not rather than having an enforced he, one. He's got to be more professional. He's one of the senior players. He's been there, done it all, hasn't he? Many times uh, well, for me. Why it's so not, because he's won the Champions League so many times, and he's, that's what he's I'm saying. the most experienced player yeah. in that team. So, so you're two 0 up cruising I mean. against Palace. Yeah. So exactly. So, so you don't need needless, when you've had all them Champions Leagues and get needless I, red cards. You wouldn't see uh, Sergio I, yeah. Ramos do it, and especially I, when, yeah. especially with Ericsson being out as well. You know, that makes it even worse. He knows that Eric's. That's what I'm saying. So he knows the pressure on on, on the squad, and especially in midfield. That's why he's so crucial. More pressure on our squad than he was on Whitey's neck, anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what he looks like. He looks like that Whitey off. Have you seen me and myself and Harry? Yeah. That's just a spit of him. Milky bar kid. (laughs) I was just going to like come on to that as well. So you're saying about Casemiro, but I think one thing I've really liked about United this season is is that. You know, when when somebody like Genacho or Anthony is, you know, kicked, they're all in, aren't they? Yeah. And like, I I was bemoaning that they were all too soft last year. So you know, we can't have it always. No, yeah, no, yeah. you're completely right, and I, I like the way they bailed in. But there's also you've got to have a line, and like 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 like, wily, like James yeah. said, either either run in and drop him, or do you know what I mean? Just put put some presence in and, and don't get bullied. But the game is a bit soft these days. You're not going to get away with what you used to get away with, but. At least, like you said, go in there and let them know that you know we, we are going to have you all back. We're not going to let you, you know, put up with that sort of shit. Yeah, it's a fine balance, but like you know, there could have been a bit more wily, definitely. Schmeichel picking up Nigel Winterburn 30 years ago and throwing him into the crowd. I mean, he stayed <laughs> on the pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. The game's changed, and you, you just can't raise your hands anymore. So, like I said before, he might as well have actually, you know, gone and fucking smashed him in the face. Yeah, definitely. So, where are we in the league then now? So, we're, is it eight behind Arsenal? They've gone up to third, eight, eight points behind Arsenal. Which, but they've got which, a game in hand, haven't they? Yes, they will have a game in hand now, but I think it's City away, is their game in hand? Uh, City right. at home. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit frustrating when you look at it. You know, we we could have held on if, if we had Casemiro, ironically. We could have, I'm sure, got a point at Arsenal. We probably should have won at Crystal Palace if it wasn't for Casemiro giving us Juby free kick away. Not that it's a witch hunt against him, but yeah, no, it is a little bit frustrating. But conceivably, you know, if, if you can. If you can win the next two or three games, um, Arsenal have got to play sitter. Um, you don't know, maybe you're right back in it. James, are we living in a dream world here? I don't know. I mean, the first two games of the season are the ones that pissed me off the most because the United basically just threw two games away to Brighton and Brentford. And if they would have won that, then obviously they'd be two points behind now. So there's, there's going to be moments like that in every season where you look back and you say, you know, like when United lost the, the lead title to City in, in 2012 and lost to Wigan and Drew Swevenson and all those sort of games you know I think United now uh, this season especially I don't think the target was ever to win the, the title it'd be great if it happened but I think a more realistic aim would be just to get Champions League football again and, and win a couple of trophies I'd be happy with that you're right but in what you've just said there like you said if you take them first two games out of it and you know points wise we'd be right up yeah, there um, so you have to, you have to think that United are maybe one or two players away from actually having a proper challenge so the bigger more frustrating thing for me was just that little bit of a mentality change of the way they panicked when we went down yeah. to 10 men and it was completely unnecessary yeah. because I don't think City would have done it I don't think Arsenal would have done it you should be well in control of the game and but yeah. the, the problem we still have sometimes as well is they try to kill the game a bit too much. They get the ball and they play the forward pass straight away. And sometimes you just put your foot on the ball for five minutes, pass the ball around, you know, make make the ball do the work rather than playing that killer ball and looking for the uh, counter-attack goal. I kind of want to come on to that because that's one of my um, perspectives, you know. I can't argue with the work Ten Hag's doing. Um, incredible manager. You know, I'm, I'm seeing so many positives. But do you think there is a, a, like a slight grumble about how quickly we retreat into our shells sometimes you know I'm thinking about Arsenal away 
you know, yeah. where it was coming for 15 minutes, the winner. Yeah, um, I just, I think it's a, I think it's a mentality yeah. thing. Yeah. I think they've not quite got that arrogance and swagger about you that maybe trophies would, does bring you. Um, and, and yeah, I think they do. I mean, the, the good thing about today is, and again, Martin, as I thought was brilliant again today, he's brought Maguire on who, who deals with, with aerial balls. And for all Palace's possession, they never really looked like scoring, but it was unnecessary. You know, we, we played effectively with. I'm not going to slag. I'm not going to slag Vegas off, but yeah. he didn't touch the ball that much today. So we, we almost played with ten men while he was on the pitch. But it's just a mentality thing of knowing that we've not got that player and they've gone, crap. You know, we were a man down, but it's only it's one player. You know. I don't think Tanag had a choice in those last five minutes. I, I think he had to throw Lindelof and Maguire. And obviously, it's not it's not a good subbing a sub. But Ganacho, you know, you know that, and Anthony come off as well. I don't think we had any any choice. I think it was. But we, even it, still, we, we finished the match with one player up. And, yeah, yeah. You know, if you, if you and Rashford actually did well in that closing stages and what I loved as yeah, well yeah. sorry was Fernandez was chasing the ball down as well in like yeah. the last two minutes but, of the game but we'll never know if he didn't make those changes we could, we could be standing here saying it was ended up two each but, but um, it's going back to mentality we played like we were two on up away at Sitter yeah. not two on up at home to Crystal no, Palace know, and yeah. that's where you have to change just change that mindset to go well actually we invited him on a bit yeah, too much 100%, yeah. 100%, 100% like 10, stupid yeah um, we had the all the ball. We had all the ball in the first half at nil nil. We had it all at one nil. So mm. it's just the fact that when you're ahead, and it does happen in football, the psychology of when you're ahead, you, you change to being when you're level. You know, you've seen it too many times. How many times did United play better when we were behind or, or drawing, yeah, yeah, than when we yeah. go one nil up? And, and it's just kind of changing that mentality. I a think bit. I think we should give Palace a bit of praise for being honest. I've mentioned the first or well, the last 15 minutes of the first half, where you know we, we were so dominant in that, in that first 30 minutes. Um, I'm going to give Palace a bit of praise because I thought they finished the half really well and the second half we didn't really, we didn't really kick on did we and then eventually it was like a massive sigh of relief when we got the goal what minute was it 60th or something yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, that was you know that, that was and should have been game over and obviously everything else should have been irrelevant after that but I do even second half I thought Palace and obviously we gave them a massive spur going down to 10 men so they were always going to you know throw the kitchen sink at it and they had a few chances didn't they and we've mentioned Martinez I think he put two absolutely brilliant tackles in and we could have Easily be stood here saying it was too easy. There's an element of there was an element of almost, and I, and I could feel it with, with, with even as fans. There was almost an element of boredom that we were we weren't yeah. miles ahead, but we were that comfortable. Yeah. That it can sometimes be dangerous because then suddenly the other team get a bit of a kick on, and you, you've lost uh, every bit of momentum and rhythm we had. And I think that was the case for United. Rather than putting the game to bed and getting that second goal, they were very comfortable at one yeah. nil. Well, I think and, we've, we've yeah. got used to scoring two or three goals at Old Trafford as well, haven't we? And just being comfortable, not not just the Forest game since Christmas or before Christmas. You know, home form has been fantastic. Well, this, We're this not letting any in. runs. Is, I mean, United have lost. I think is it one game this season to Sociedad. Yeah. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good thing to, at the same yeah. time, the crowd tune up and you get a bit complacent. Well, as you're on Palace, I thought, um, is it Gay here? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he was yeah. um, good centre half for Palace, and I think, um, yeah, you know, if I was an, yeah, if I was an Aston Villa type club, I'd be really looking at like trying to pinch him off Palace for definite. Um, okay, we'll do man of the matches then. Um, so. Bit of a tough one, really, because it was a—I'd call it a battle in performance rather than a quality one, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, I was thinking about this at half time because I was thinking, you know, Luke Shaw's had a great first half, and Casemiro, Bruno, Fred. Um, there was lots of decent seven and eights, really, um, but without question for the full match, Martinez. Martinez. Mm, yeah, I think Martinez is like you were saying, but especially at the end, he's such a big upgrade on Maguire in terms of having that professionalism and that coolness about him. I thought it's interesting now Maguire's in terms of minutes that he's getting, he's not the same. And even when he came on today, I still thought he looked pretty shaky as well. He didn't really, I didn't get any confidence going, right, that's going to be it sealed now. Maguire's on the pitch. 
Yeah. Well, I did a piece about him in the Magdalene this month. So Maguire. No, Martinez. Martinez. No. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so I'm going to go yeah. full house. Martinez. Full full house, yeah. Martinez there, definitely. Do you think he could be moved into midfield next couple of games? I don't think so, but we've got. Do, is there any news on McTominay's injury? Because he, he'll obviously I think be. It's a few weeks. Is it? Apparently, yeah. 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 So that's what I'm saying. If, if Maguire's going to come back in, which he could do, all Lindelof. Uh, with Varane, then maybe Martinez might have to, you know, move twenty yards forward. So we might have Sabitzer and Fred in midfield versus Absolutely. Leeds, which is, you know, a bit of a. Someone risk. called Sabitzer today, Crack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was decent when he came on. Actually, I thought I thought he had, he had a lot of enthusiasm about him, which I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought he played well as well when he came on. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got a double header against Leeds now, haven't we? You know, worried. big. Yeah. yeah, I mean, without. Our best midfielder away at Ellen Road. That, that's going to be tricky. Isn't best it? two. Well, best two. yeah, certainly our best. Our, our, yeah. You know, our most played central midfield pairing. Yeah, and keep, yeah, yeah keeping mean, the ball. You're going back to. I don't want to slag him off, especially Fred. I think's been very good. But when you're suddenly having to start going to Fred McTominay and Fernandez level again, you know, and that's when you might lose that bit of control in the game that that we've had so well um, recently. Um, that's four days before Barcelona think, as well, isn't it? I think just slightly going off topic, but I think the one thing Martinez does really well, though, and <coughs> if you ever see the stats after the game of who has the most touches of the ball it's always Martinez and I think that's one thing he always gives us as well he's just that ability to be able to pass the ball from the back that I think we miss massively and goes under the radar a little bit how good he is on the ball now when he touches the ball he, yeah, he passes between the lines doesn't he really yeah. well and yeah. um, you know that, that's that's again a complete change from last season which is um, you know great to see um, so yeah I mean with, with um, Casemiro and you know Ericsson being out now you know I think it shows the, the strength of United squad though that you know, we're potentially starting the games with Sabitzer and Fred. You know, if that happened to like your Arsenal's or Cities, you know, they probably feel that more than us now. Yeah, I mean, you, you just you're grateful, really. Without me, no disrespect, but you're grateful that the next three games are against. Well, the Leicester have got a good win today, but mm. you're grateful that it's against you know bottom half sides because um, you wouldn't, as we, as we saw when we went to Arsenal without Casemiro, um, you wouldn't want to go into games with big sides with, without those players. But you know, any side's going to miss your best two midfielders, aren't they? But um, you know, like I said, we have got the squad, and you've got to just try and if you can just try and get them nine points by hook or by crook, then then it'd be a great result. At least he can't get booked in the next three games, so hopefully he should be okay for the final or Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, just out of interest, what's the what's the rules on the Carabao? So if he would have, if Newcastle would have been within the three games, would he have been? It, count, it counts yeah. the same as the same as league. Yeah, so it, it doesn't matter about the cup. It's you get bookings within that yeah. competition. So if we didn't have the last, if we didn't have the lead replay, then Newcastle uh, uh, Casemiro would be out of uh, that rearranged Leeds game. Casemiro no, would have been. I out think of we've got four games up before West Ham in the cup. No, no, that's, that's afterwards. Yeah. No, I think yeah. you're right. Actually, oh, yeah. one, two, yeah. I think we have got three. Yeah, we, I think we have got three. So we're lucky that three Leeds domestic games. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, you would have been out of the final. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's going to wrap it up. Um, I think. I, I don't know why, but I'm really excited to see us against this Barcelona team. So I think it's going to be a real measure of where we're at. Well, I worked yeah. with a Barcelona fan. He's actually from Spain. He, he fancies United to beat him. Really? But they've only conceded six goals, I think, in 19 league games. So on the top of the league as well. Top of the league. Can't host. You're not a fan then. I, I, listen, I, I said from day one, he's a Burnley player and he, he's, he's, he's essentially a number nine. He's, he's like having Ronaldo back up there, but he's not a dick. Yeah. Um, but as, as, a, as a player, yeah, you lose a little bit. You, you, that was one thing frustrating. Hey, Marshall wasn't even on the bench again, was he? So I don't know if that's what I mean. That's, yeah. Today should have been but the, the game. But the difference you see when Marshall plays instead of him, yeah. I think it's massive. But today should have been the game, 2 0 up, cruising last 20 minutes, where you'd have liked Vegos to, you know, to notch however, however type of goal to get him, you know, up and running again. He's, he's, played, a, he's a raffle winner. He's played United six there. games now, has he? Five or six. Yeah, yeah. so, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll leave it there then thanks to everybody that bought the mag um, it's been a good month so far for sales um, we, we are 
after all the um, rain in December and January, we're thankful that we've moved into February and getting better weather, far more better at selling. And um, really appreciate those that stopped by to pick it up and we'll see you on Wednesday after the Leeds game.